Bitter Pill are committed to producing new writing until theatres in the UK reopen. Through the Painkiller Project, we're open for submissions once a month and are producing two plays from each submission window. If you enjoy the play you're about to hear and you'd like to support the continuation of the project, please consider pledging to our Patreon to make a donation that would be repeated each time a new play is released. Alternatively, you can make a one-off donation through paypal.me. Any donation made would mean the world to us. For more information, follow the links in the description of this podcast. And now the Painkiller Project presents... Arsehole. Trapped in a vintage bathroom fitting shop in Sly, a display toilet endures daily humiliation. But it hasn't always been this way. Arsehole is a madcap comedy that tells the sordid story of Russian oligarchs, lavish parties and betrayal. We hope you like it. the audacity to sit on my face to evacuate your bowels with gleeful abandon in my mouth and not even think of the clean-up. You can stop yanking my chain. I am a display toilet. That means no running water, no plumbing, not a pipe in sight. You can't flush this away, buddy. Oh, don't act all shocked. You knew the minute you sat down. Oh, yeah. Laugh it up. <laughs> Hilarious. Just you wait. You won't be laughing when I... Oh. Sorry. I know what you're thinking. How can you let them do that to you? Just... Sit there and get pumped full of semi-digested fast food for a dare by some spotty little orc and his posse of sniggering 12-year-olds. You think I'm disgusting? Well, you're wrong. I am not disgusting. This isn't me. Do you realise what I cost when you... My rim should be kept warm by the cheeks of kings, emperors, pop stars... Not the pimpled buttocks of some prepubescent ne'er-do-wells with one dropped testicle between them. I am a porcelain throne. Or at least, I was. I was one. Back in the roaring noughties. X Factor is on the way up. Labour is on the way out. The hair is dry, the tax breaks are juicy, and I am a young, fresh toilet in the prime of my life. Rolled straight off the factory floor and into the big time. I'm talking four-storey Chelsea Manor kind of big time. Seven bedrooms, five ensuite bathrooms, indoor swimming pool, gym, sauna, cinema room, an internal passenger lift, and me, your boy, a plucky Tavistock Victoria given pride of place in a cosy little alcove conservatory. 
My owners are the Kuznetsovs. A new money Russian dynasty in a neighbourhood to match. All class from the outside, but dig a little deeper and it's a whole different story. As a secluded cellar toilet in a rich person's house, you get to know them intimately. Not just the contents of their stomachs, but their minds and souls. To Natasha, the moody teen heiress, I am her personal bulimia bucket. Vadim, the spoilt little son, made me his partner on a voyage of masturbatory discovery. Arson, the perennially constipated patriarch, took breaks from running his household like the KGB to use me for his two-hour asteroid shites, tapping away on his phone, transferring dirty millions from Moscow to St. Kitts with each rectal contortion. And then, there's Carolina, Arsene's third wife, the kid's stepmother and love of my young life. She took almost as much shit from them as I did. I think that's why we were so close. She'd sneak away to me early in the morning, every morning, while the whole house slept, perch atop my lid, fully clothed. Do you know how much that means? To find someone who doesn't just fill you up with her shit and leave. Sometimes she'd cry or sing or just talk. Out loud, for hours. All the things she couldn't do with them. She'd draw these little pictures on pieces of bog roll. Just doodles flushed away as soon as finished them. They were magnificent. <laughs> I managed to save some. Sucked into a side valve for safekeeping. My toilet paper Picasso. A true artistic soul. If only she hadn't been ground down by that big shiting Philistine. He wouldn't know a piece of art if it crawled out of his... But we worked. The family and me. We got on. And that first summer passed in a sun-soaked blood of lavish soirees, cocktail receptions and deafening firework displays, all building up to Arson's big 50th, actually 60th, birthday celebration. Fuck me, it was extravagant. Like, like something out of a Baz Luhrmann movie. Champagne magnums with sparklers gushing from their necks. Gourmet birthday cake the size of a bus. Craig David on the decks. Or at least that's the picture a pair of waiters painted for me as they snorted cocaine off my lid. I lost count of the sordid sights I was privy to that night. Newspaper moguls copping off with oligarch heiresses. Fleshy, flabby, sweaty men and plastic women, couple after couple after couple, all folding and fading into one another, filling me with their joy, their warmth when... 
the flash of a birthday badge turns my waters to ice. It's arson. And some Muscovite gold digger groping and giggling and getting the rocks off in my secret water closet. I tried screaming at them to get off, but I was powerless. And that wasn't the last of it. Oh, no. Each week he wanted more. Ploughing his way through a parade of hussies culminating in a fucking nanny. Some Swedish teenager there in her gap year. I mean, come on, she's barely older than the kids. It was coming up to my one-year anniversary there when all hell broke loose. Carolina found receipts in his jacket pocket, lipstick on his shut collar, hired a private detective to track him on a weekend business trip and hack into his emails. You know, like any wife would. She confronts him and... He starts yelling. What does she take him for? Who does she think she is? Chases her down into the conservatory. My door's ajar and I can see that they're shouting and screaming and out of nowhere. He hits her. He fucking hits her. She lands with a thud. He rushes in, slams my door shut. It's just me and him. He's breathing heavy, and I am boiling with rage. You could cook lobsters in me right now. Carolina. My Carolina. What have you done? And it looks like Arsene's constipation has taken a sudden vacation. A spot of domestic abuse has made his bowels very loose. The fucker is on me, in full flow, texting his latest concubine as he unloads, just sat there, giggling and shitting and texting, and giggling and shitting and texting, while my sweet, golden Carolina lies outside that door. Giggling and shitting and texting and giggling, and shitting, and texting, and I can't take it anymore. I refuse to take it anymore. I'm straining with all my might now, every water pipe and porcelain sinew tensed, willing myself to move, to close, to crush. My lid nudges forward. Just an inch, but that's all it takes. It jolts the phone out of his hand, clatters to the floor, and bounces out of arm's reach. Shit. Arson leans forward, reaching down for the phone. His long silk tie gets lower and lower until... The tip dips in the water, and like a python I strike, turn
turning into a turbocharged whirlpool, flushing with all my might. Head jerks down, legs flip up. He folds like a deck chair as I suck him down into me, chomping with the lid. Chunks of bone and skin and toilet water turned red spray across the room. Blood-soaked leather from his Italian brogues plaster the walls. And I, I keep chomping and sucking and swirling and... I'm stuck. I can't get him down. He's clocked me. The fat fucker has backed me up. And now he's struggling, scrabbling, trying to claw his way out. My vision's going bloody. Darkness creeping in. This is it. I'm about to burst. And suddenly, Carolina's by my side, wielding a gold-plated Versace toilet brush, jabbing at him, forcing his mangled remains down and down, and I redouble my efforts, sucking and swirling until with one final flush, he's gone. Suit, shoes and all. We stand there in that blood-soaked marble tomb, Silent, but close. She cleans me up. Industrial strength bleach. Disinfectant. Bang, and the blood is gone. Black light to check for any last remnants. Nothing. Not a trace. I was pristine. Serial killer clean. Carolina spun the police a story about arson and the babysitter eloping to Sharamel Sheikh. They didn't question it. All was well and rosy. But then... Things started to come back up whenever anyone flushed. Small at first, a contact lens, scrap of Gucci necktie, then bits that were harder to ignore, clumps of hair, cufflinks, a diamond-studded molar, his signet ring, finger still attached. It was only Carolina that found them, but she couldn't handle it. And I couldn't help it. Something was breaking between us. I even choked up one of her old toilet paper doodles, thinking it might help things, but... Pulp. 
Then, late one Tuesday night, she had me drained, disconnected, put in the back of a van and driven far out of London past the cold, glowing mansions and humming grey high-rises, the pubs and clubs packed to the rafters with warmth, all the way to... slow, vintage bathroom fittings. She dropped me off on the doorstep and disappeared into the night. a solitary tear rolling down her pure white cheek. So I lost the woman of my dreams, a gorgeous home, the chance to brush bottoms with the great and the good. Why did I do it? I've been asking myself that same question ever since. Because of my temper. Because of my heart. Because of her. Simply put, I couldn't keep a lid on it. But you know what? I don't regret a thing. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I will do it again because when she comes back for me, I have to be as clean as the day we met. I can't afford to be treated like dirt anymore. I refuse to be treated like dirt. You see, I may look like a toilet, but I'm not taking any more shit. Arsehole was written by Louis Catliff and performed by Daniel Portman. It was directed by Max Elton with sound design by Pierce Sherwood-Roberts. Thank you for listening. We are delighted to announce that from next month our productions will be supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England.